From church-going Christian as a child to a paranormal investigator as an adult, our guest this week finds out about the dangers and the deception of being a ghost hunter on this week's part one of two Spirit Answers podcast. Well, I'm so excited to have on the podcast today, Dana Emanuel, a former ghost investigator. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your show, Alex. It really is. Well, thank you. Any time that I can share my testimony is, is uh, quite an honor. And uh, I know that there's much power in the testimony. Absolutely. Um, and before, I guess, before we get to the, to the meat of the testimony, as it relates to your experiences in, in the paranormal, can you kind of just give us a, a brief, uh, backdrop on what your, uh, spiritual, uh, beliefs were before you got into the ghost investigations? Well, uh, when I was growing up, I went to church as uh, far back as I can remember. My dad always had me in church, uh, and I, a Christian church, uh, we were, I've grown up in the Pentecostal church and also uh, Church of God. And so we I believed in heaven and hell. I believe that Jesus was the son of God. And I was baptized probably around the age of nine. I know in your testimony video, you talk about how you your foray into the, the paranormal kind of started in, in a couple of different aspects. One, a, a major part was the, your uh, living with you in your grandmother's house. Can you kind of explain... Uh, a little bit of how your your childhood experiences and your and your beliefs growing up then uh, overlapped with those experience experiences at your grandmother's house and I guess what those what those were. Yes, uh, yes. I uh, when I was growing up, I was always interested in the paranormal, uh, anything to do with it. I mean, I liked uh, things about the UFOs. I also liked uh, any kind of stories about hauntings or or even exorcism. Uh, anything to do with spirits, I was always really interested in. So my interest, though, uh, turned into something bigger after I moved into my grandmother's house. Uh, I moved into my grandmother's house when I was, gosh, it was back in like 1996. And while I, she was bedridden and I was going to, I was moving in to take care of her uh, full time. I was, you know, it was me and my whole family. <clears throat> Excuse me, but while I was there, uh, my grandfather had already died uh, like 18 years prior to this. I might be wrong on that, but it was about that long. And so, other people that lived in the house with her before me had mentioned, you know, that I, that they thought that Granddaddy was haunting the home, and that he was there just watching over Grandmother. So, <clears throat> I, I, you know, at first I was like, okay, oh yeah, you know, so. But when I we did move in, uh, we all started hearing noises. Uh, we would hear right in front of her bedroom in the hallway. You would hear footsteps in the middle of the night walking up and down the hallway. <laughs> and wow. when the kids were in bed asleep, you would hear them footsteps. Uh, then there was times where she had a music box in her room. And it was a, a glass music box and had a little rose in it. And every now and again that it would just turn on and play and play. And it was one of those wind-ups. So you would have to wind it up, but that would happen. Then we would hear noises in the kitchen at night and it would sound as if like one of our kids got up and they were getting into something. Well, there was a couple of times where we would hear that and we'd wake up and we, of course, no longer heard the noise and we'd walk in there and we'd check everything. Kids are in bed asleep. So... There was another night. This was when I found out that the paranormal was indeed real. Uh, was we were laying asleep. My husband and I, we were staying into we were staying sleeping in what they what used to be the family room. And we made it like into a big master bedroom. And while we were in there, uh, there's sliding glass doors between our room and the kitchen. Now you could see full view of the kitchen whenever you, you know, would look through there from our room. Well, we was in there asleep one night and we kept the noises, you know, started up and you get it. I kept hearing it and hearing it. So finally I was laying there, but I hadn't opened my eyes yet. And I kept debating on opening my eyes because I was, I, although I really wanted to see what it was, 
was kind of afraid because I knew, you know, because what had happened, you know, before that it was probably something paranormal. So as I kept laying there, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to open my eyes. <laughs> so I, I started hearing the noises again and I, I opened my eyes and sure enough, the kitchen table chair moved across the floor. Wow. And I jumped up and I ran out the side door and my husband, you know, he, he, he woke up because I, I cleared him. I mean, I went, went over him and I went out the side door and he come, come running out there and he was like, what's wrong? What's wrong, Dana? You know? And I said, I, I mean, I was, I started crying and everything. Cause I, I, you know, as much as I love the paranormal, <laughs> you know, when something like that happens to you, I mean, you know, it, it, it can shake you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're not used to it. Like, like when I got into the ghost hunt, I, I got used to that kind of thing. But at this point in time, I wasn't used to it. Right. So uh, I was crying and everything. And he told me, he says, Dana, he says, uh, you know, don't worry about it. He said, it's probably just your grandpa looking over your grandma. He said, it hasn't tried to hurt us or anything. And I was like, well, I don't care. You know, I mean, I was just really shook up, but, but as the situation was, you know, my grandmother was there and she was bedridden. So I, I'm like, okay, we're just going to stay. So we stayed there and, you know, we would continue hearing noises. Uh, sometimes, like I said, whenever we would hear the noises in the kitchen, we would find things like the milk out. We would find dishes moved, uh, stuff like that. Well, <clears throat> anyway, so I started going out to graveyards ghost hunting. Because I got, you know, and another thing, at this point, not only was I wondering if ghosts were, you know, here, if paranormal was real, but now I got to thinking, okay, if that's my grandpa, you know, why is he here and he's not in heaven? You know, and, and, uh, wait a minute, you know, so I, I had more questions then about the afterlife. Yeah, and that's, and that's a great point. I, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but just real quick, I... I I just wanted to say, um, because because before this, you said you you know you, you were raised in the church, but it sounds like you didn't really uh, until this ha had happened. All yeah. these experiences at your grandmother's house, you hadn't really thought too much about ghosts and and in the paranormal. Am I right? Right, right. Okay, yes. so these kind of experiences really opened you up to that. Yes. And yes. And, and as as it relates uh, to to your grandfather, then I can already hear a lot of of the skeptics out there that don't believe in, in the paranormal, they would say something like, you know, well, you know, that's fat. That's the, that those are some fascinating experiences, Dana, but I, but I, I can't help but wonder if, you know, you, you, you were just looking for something that could be comforting in, in the, in the wake of your grandfather's passing, you know, and it, how, how would you respond to something like that? Well, first off, I'd like to say that that, that in itself to me would not be comforting. Because as I said, you know, I believed in heaven. I still do believe in heaven and hell. Right. So I would rather my, my, to know that my grandfather is in heaven. Uh, so, uh, and when, after that happened, I did go to the graveyards to check and, you know, try to investigate and stuff, but I, I wasn't doing it in my grandmother's home. And that was because I felt like if I go to the graveyards, I'm going to leave whatever's there, there. <laughs> That's right. not going to bring it home. So I kept thinking it was okay to go out and do it, but not in our home. Now, a lot of investigators feel that way. Uh, when I was in the paranormal field, and I did get into the, the real paranormal investigations. Uh, that is with a lot of investigators. They That's a rule with, with a lot of them is, you know, you can go and investigate somewhere, say your prayers before you leave, your protection prayers, and then go home. But don't do it in your home because you no, know, there's no telling what you can bring in your home. Mm, you know? Yeah, and they're right about the last part, but you shouldn't do it anywhere because they they really do follow you home all the time, not some of the time. And I don't care what kind of prayers that they say uh, because they are going to follow you home. Uh, right. When you say those prayers, you know you're 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 truly leaving God's umbrella of protection if you do believe in God. Jesus, the, the God of the Bible, uh, you're not going to be protected, even if you're a Christian, because, you know, when we're going outside God's will, God's not going to bless us sin. He's not going to bless us going out there and using divination, talking to the dead, you know, uh, because even if you're sitting there just, you know, doing EVPs and all this stuff, that is a seance. 
you know, if you're communicating with the dead, that's what that is. You know, I noticed too, not to go off that subject, but a lot of people like right now on paranormal shows, uh, they'll they'll go through a place and they'll say, boy, this will, this place feels like something's evil here. And they'll say, well, somebody probably used to do seances here in the past, but they don't realize that when they're communicating with the dead, which is really not the dead, but the spirits, that's what they're doing. That is a seance, you know. Uh, and like I said, it conjures up demons and, and it's, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. And we're, we're definitely, we're going to get into some of those, some of those more intense, uh, you know, spiritual encounters here in a second. Um, and, uh, and I also just wanted to say too, as it relates to those experiences that you, you, that you've already mentioned at your grandmother's house, you, uh, it wasn't just you that, were, that was experiencing these things. This, the, these were experiences that were, uh, uh, noticed by everyone in your in your family so yeah. that is that you know the, the the odds of something like that happening uh you know once is is very very it's very small but if you start talking about more than one time multiple people are having these experiences and that's that to me is very 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 unlikely that that that, that, that would happen so i just yeah. wanted to, to 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 really highlight that yes and and also uh, the family members, whenever we would, me my, or my husband or the kids, whenever something would happen, it was never a case of, oh, there's stuff here happening. Uh, you know what I mean? Our house is haunted. It was terrifying. You know, it's, it was something we didn't want. <laughs> right. You know? uh, I mean, it's one thing to watch a scary movie, say, a ha- about a haunted home. Okay. It's, it's, it seems thrilling and, and, and all this stuff, which, which it is you know, to, to society, you know, uh, uh, but anyway, to, uh, to people that doesn't know better, uh, it's thrilling and everything, but it, it's different when it's in your home, you know, because you don't know what that spirit can do. And, um, and that, that's really usually all always a case, which we'll talk about in a little while, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also have mentioned you also have, you you were watching a TV show as well at this time that kind of got you into uh, the paranormal uh, and can you kind of explain what what how that played a role in your um, getting into the paranormal watching that show? Yes, uh, it was after okay we when we started I better back up when whenever we did our first investigation uh, we went into a graveyard because this also played part you know with me really wanting to get into it was we were uh I, we there was a there's a big gravestone right there at the beginning of the graveyard and it looks really spooky you know mm-hmm. whatever so we went when we went to this graveyard we went to that stone first and we were standing there and I had my recorder and everything now back then I had the little the tape recorder it wasn't digital like like they are now And so whenever we would record, we just kept doing the recording. And then when we get home, I would check it, you know, listen to it. So we did the recordings. I asked at that first grave, you know, is there anybody here? If so, what's your name? You know, all the normal questions. So when we got home and also we got a picture and it was of an apparition. I mean, it was a full bodied apparition. So that was thrilling. You know, when you get evidence, it's like, wow, you know. Everybody passes around. Look, 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 look what I got, you know. Yeah. But, uh, and then when I got home and I listened to the tape recorder and it said when I was at the first, it was at the first, uh, you know, place where I was asking questions. And when I asked what was the name, it said the name Frank. And it said it clear as, as, as you could hear it, you know. So when uh, the next day I told my daughter, I said, you know what? I said, we need to go back. And look at the name on that gravestone because I wanted, I'm dying to know if it says Frank. So we went back and we went to that gravestone and I looked down at that gravestone and the first name was Frank. So that right there, those two things, you know, the, the apparition and then the, and then the EVP. And we also got other EVPs, but it wasn't nothing as clear as that. So after that happened and then, uh, I started to watch, then I really started wanting to watch it and stuff. So there was a show back then and it was called Dead Famous and it was with Chris Fleming and uh, Gail Porter. And uh, what it was, was they would go to places like, say, for instance, they would go to see about 
uh, say Elvis, they would go to, um, I can't remember if they really went to Graceland or where they went, but they went to try to talk to his, his spirit. And they would get some pretty compelling evidence. So that just really kind of fueled my interest in the paranormal. So that was when I got my first computer. And then after that, I started, uh, you know, talking to other people that was in the paranormal, you know, the paranormal community. I got MySpace and, you know, other social sites like that, meetup, the meetup groups. And then uh, one day I got, uh, I found on Craigslist, there was a, a man and he was looking for a paranormal investigator for his group. Well, so I called him and we, we talked for a long time on the phone. Now this guy, he was obsessed with the ghost adventures group and they had went and found some, a lot of pretty compelling evidence when they went to Nevada, they went to the go, the go, what was it? The Goldmine hotel. And they went to uh, the silver queen, I think it was called, but they, they went to quite a few uh, investigations. And, and anyway, he was really, um, obsessed with that well after he seen that he went up there and he him and just another man and went to all those places they went to uh except the gold mine he couldn't there was no or not the gold mine the what was it called goldfield hotel i'm sorry uh, he couldn't get access in there but to make a long story short i after talking to him and seeing how interested he was i mean we just kind of fueled each other's interest in it you know so i went over there and all well i i joined the team it was, it was only him and another man, uh, another young man and, um, and his daughter, but me and my daughter actually went over there and we joined, uh, his team. So I got into it with them and we used to go like Virginia. I live in Florida, by the way. Uh, we would go to places like Virginia. We would go to places, you know, different States. And what we do is, you know, when people had a haunting, cause he had a website at the time and everything, um, somebody had a haunting or something, we would we would go, you know, he would contact them and we would go. And now he, he would pay for it, too. <laughs> he never charged people. But uh, we would go and we'd investigate and we would, you know, uh, he had a whole room where we sit and analyze them, you know, listen to the EVPs and watch, uh, go through the videos and all that stuff. And uh, but, you know, I, I was doing that with them, you know, for a while until I got my own group. And that was only because I, uh, you know, compiled enough evidence I mean, not evidence, I'm sorry, equipment to have my own team. So then I started my own team eventually. You're starting to have all these different uh, experiences then as it relates to uh, your investigations. And so by this point, you're, it sounds like you're, you're pretty much in the, you're, 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 you've bought into the idea of the paranormal. You're all in. And I take it you're starting to gather some, some evidence then of some of your experiences. Is that right? Yes. Yes, definitely. So can, yeah. can you kind of take us through some of those, uh, you know, uh, really pertinent experiences that stand out to you and some of that evidence? Yes, yes. Uh, now, first, I want to, uh, and the only reason I'm saying this, uh, Alex, is because uh, there was uh, a few people on another video, and they thought that maybe I was uh, talking about these things as if I, you know, still enjoyed it and was thrilled by it. But I just want to make sure that everyone knows, you know, that's listening, that that's not the case at all. And that it really is. I'm just explaining step by step what happened to me and why, you know, these certain things happen. And that uh, I'm only here to warn people. It's not it's not at all that I enjoy it. So, but yes, we I had uh, uh, quite a few things that happened that stood out to me. Uh, one, for instance, I was at an investigation. My daughter and I went for the weekend to St. Augustine, Florida, and there's a, quite a few uh, places there. They're uh, like commercial haunts. They're places that uh, people go into, like the the uh, the lighthouse, and then there's the old jail. Uh, there's the fort. There's quite a few places there to go. So my daughter and I went there for the weekend. And my, we went to, like on a Saturday night, we went to the old jail. And while we were in there, I, we kind of scooted off from the other people. It was like a big tour and we could kind of, you know, wander around a little bit. My daughter and I went over to a corner and we started doing EVPs and we were trying to see what, what, what you know, what we could get there. And so while we were doing that, uh, 
I was asking questions and everything. And next thing I know, my husband calls me on my cell phone and I answered it. And he's like, Dana, he said, I don't know what you're doing or where you're at, but stop doing what you're doing. And I said, why? What's going on? And he said, things are happening here at the house. So he was shook up. Now, my husband, he didn't, he was not into the paranormal at all. As a matter of fact, he just, he didn't like it. So I said, what happened? Well, he said he was sitting there in, in, the, in the chair in the living room. And he said that the, the basketball that was sitting in front of him, it just went and it, it, it started rolling and it went all the way around. It went through the kitchen, went through the other side of the kitchen into the hallway, went, come around there, come around the other door into the living room. And it literally stopped right where he was at. Wow. There was no air conditioner doing this. Nobody was, and, and he was upset. He wasn't like bragging about evidence or, you know, saying that something happened that he experienced and he liked it by any means. Um, that was, that was an experience that he did not like. And I felt like when it happened that that was kind of like God's way maybe of showing me that when I'm doing these things, you know, no matter where I'm at, I'm inviting that stuff to my home. And these demonic spirits are not just at a house, you know what I mean? They know where you live and they will come to your home, <laughs> you know? So it kind of taught me a couple things there, you know, but uh, that, that was one of them. That one had a big effect on me, you know, about why I believe that. And then there was one time we went to a place that was called the Putnam Hotel and that was in uh, Daytona, no, Deland, Florida. And uh, there was a, a upstairs, there was a great big, it was called the Towers. And we went up there and there were, it, the rumor was that uh, they actually had a fire up there once and that that was actually where the child care, like for the people that worked there in the hotel, they had a daycare up there and stuff. And there was kids up there and everything. And they said that they had had a fire up there and they had to end up rebuilding it. Now, I don't know if there was any children burned in the fire or anything, I don't know that for a fact, but, you know, that was some of the rumor that we we heard. But anyway, we would go up there and and we did get a lot of kids voices saying fire and, and you know, all kinds of things. Well, then we decided to do a table tipping, which it's a seance. And what we would do um, just to explain what a, a table tipping seance is, is you would sit at a, at a round table and you would sit with other people. And you would hold hands on top of the table and you would first what we would do is we would sing songs to attract the spirits. We would, you know, like row, row, row your boat, you know, silly things like that. But it was like joyful kid music, you know, and all this. So we were singing these songs and everything. And then we would start asking questions whenever we would stop. We would stop here and there and we would, you know, are you here? If you are, you know, tap the table and then we heard the tap. So we started, you know, um, asking questions. Well, once we started asking questions, the table would rock. And we would say, you know, rock once or rock twice, you know, and we would guess, you know, well, are you, do you have a message for so-and-so? Or do you have a message for Dana, you know? And, and then we'd say, uh, uh, what is your name? And then we'd go through the alphabet, you know, does it start with an A? Does it start with a B? And then we would guess, oh, that's my grandmother. And then, you know, it would go like that. And so anyway, I had a ghost box and anybody that knows what a ghost box is, it's a, it's a, it's a radio. Uh, and what it does is when you push the button, it's been that, that will uh, scan for a, you know, a song or whatever. What it would do was, we modified the inside of it, excuse me, we modified the inside of it to where it wouldn't stop. And what it would do is it would just continuously, you know, go. And then when somebody said something, it would just, you know, you would hear some, you would just hear like little voices or help or, you know, uh, Frank or, you know, just lots, things like that, short things. So anyway, I had that with me. But what I did was I had it sitting on a table behind me and we were not using this at the time. Well, because we're doing a table tipping and, you know, you wouldn't use something like that then. 
Um, but anyway, it was behind us and it was off. So we're sitting there asking these questions and everything. And, um, at, you know, it come to be that it, it was saying that it was a spirit that was trapped there and that it could not go to the light. And then, uh, you know, after it told us that and, you know, a couple other things, next thing you know, the ghost box turns on and it turned and it was it was stopped at a song and it was a like a Christian song, something about going home. And it it taught it is sung and it says something about God. It, it was a, a religious song, and it was saying something about going home and all. So we we really honestly started crying, and we thought, oh, this spirit is telling us something. You know, it wants to go home. You know, and we asked it. You know, are you trapped here? Yes. You know, do you want to go to the light? Yes. So, you know, we ended up. We thought that we helped that spirit go to the light. You know, and. At this point, not only did I believe that I was helping people, you know, that wanted to get rid of spirits in their home, I felt like then that I was helping the spirits too. And, you know, now that I'm not in it, I can say that that is a belief called postmortem salvation. And that's not biblical. You know, people are saved before they die. Um, there's no way to get saved after you die. So, um, you know, that was just one thing that it it got to me because, like I said, I thought I was helping spirits then, you know, to get to the light <laughs> as if Jesus can't do it. But a ghost hunter can, you know, that, of course, I should have known <laughs> that that can't be true. So, yeah, some some incredible uh, experiences. And also there's a couple there's a couple of things that come to mind to me. One is that you're so the experiences that you're having, again, are not just uh, witnessed by yourself or experienced by yourself. There's multiple people there to corroborate what's going on, uh, we which, again, we would recorded be, it too. We had right. it on film. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which Definitely. I mean, that I, I just I say that again because I know that there's skeptics out there uh, that don't that don't believe in any anything spiritual yeah. or the paranormal. So I just think it's really important to, to, to emphasize that. And also, I really appreciate that you emphasize that it, it wasn't just the experiences themselves as, as as thrilling as they were at the time. But it was the it was the idea that you were also you were helping you were helping these spirits. And so that was an aspect of it that you that was probably uh felt very fulfilling for you and yeah. made you feel like you were, you were you were making a difference so there were there were multiple things going on here yes yes i also think find it fascinating that you have mentioned before that uh these entities that you were that you were dealing with many times they wouldn't even make themselves known until after you put the equipment away can you can you kind of speak on that a little oh, bit yes <laughs> yes they would um uh, yes, I'm trying to think of what happened. Oh, yeah, there was this one place we went to and um, it was a, it was at a home and well, a lady, um, it was a suicide. Mm. So we went there and we wanted to, you know, see what we could get. We went there and we had the equipment out and the cameras. So what we had was the stationary cameras on tripods and they would. So it was a lot of cameras. We had our our ghost box. We also had our, uh, what was it called? EMF pump, you know, which is, is, it's a thing that it has electromagnetic, uh, you know, energy or whatever you call it. But I, I don't know all the specifics, but I could tell you that, uh, everybody says that they work and, you know, they even have them on the shows and stuff. But the belief is that if you emit these, uh, this energy or what, whatever you would call it, out, that it would attract something that is also uh, has that same type of uh, properties, you know, because like a lot of people, you, you know, if you have an EMF detector and you're ghost hunting, usually if there's a spirit there and you're talking to one or whatnot, it'll go off. So the belief is that they have the same properties so that it would attract ghosts. So anyway, we had a lot of equipment there and um, we, we were, uh, you know, I mean, we did everything. We could not get anything, not no pit, nothing in pictures, nothing on recordings, nothing. So uh, one of my friends that was going to come and, and, and join us on the investigation, she was running late and she kept calling me. She, I'm sorry. You know, I had to stop here and there. You know? So anyway, when we 
about the time we give up and wanted to just leave, everybody started packing up and then she showed up. So I told her, I says, well, I said, I tell you what, you know, everybody's already, you know, packing up for the night. Um, they're about to put it on the truck. You know, maybe me and you could just stay here, you know, with our little stationary cameras and just, you know, maybe see if we get anything with that. I said, I'm really sorry. You know, we did wait as long as we could. So she agreed and, and everything. So everybody left <laughs> but me and her. So we're sitting there and we're asking questions and everything. And and you can even hear it on the recorder, too. Uh, but we were sitting there and all of a sudden uh, we were like in the living room. And then we all of a sudden heard a big bang in the back room. And then we heard it again, like a, you know, like a couple bangs, like something was going on. And so we jumped up and we're like, whoa, because honestly, at this point, not only was I thinking it was a haunting, I thought maybe somebody was breaking in, you know, so we run out of the house and we before we got out of the house, we went to the front door. We're trying to get the door open. It's stuck. I mean, we couldn't even turn the knob, nothing. And then all of a sudden, it finally it opened. Like, so I was like, oh, we can't get out. You know, I can't get it open. So we got out. And then um, we got outside. We went around. There, By the way, there's no other doors. There's like a long stairway that goes up. And then there's a door that you can go in up there. And that's locked up. They even showed us before they left that it was a pad padlock on it. And um, so anyway, we went around. There's no one there. So we're like, oh, my goodness, did you hear that? And we're talking about it. Well, we finally get up the nerve to go back up to the door and open it and just kind of peek in and maybe ask questions again with our little hand. Well, actually, we was using our phones at this point. So we go up to the thing and to the door and we're standing there and we're talking, you know, and we're like, uh, you know, is that a shadow over there? You know, is that one of it? And we're talking and all of a sudden, we hear the water turn on in the bathroom. And I, I said, you hear that? And then, it, you know, it was like full blast. And I was like, I mean, we we, we just left. We locked wow. up. We left. But it was it's weird how we were so frustrated, though, because it was like we really didn't have much evidence. The video, you know, because you can do any somebody can be in a back room and make noises. You know, you can get that on your recorder on your your voice recorder. But. It doesn't prove anything. So we were really mad that, and we're like, gosh, you know, why did it happen after all the cameras left and everything? So that was one time that happened. So then we went, uh, we went uh, with, this was when we went, we went with the other group and we went to, oh, where is it? Um, um, over by the land, St. Helen. We went to a, a big motel over there and they literally let us just have the whole hotel for the night. It was like a bed and breakfast. It was really nice little charming little motel. So they let us have it. There was no one in it that night. No one. So we, uh, you know, we, we went in there, we put up all the uh, equipment and everything and the same thing. We couldn't catch nothing, nothing. There was nothing. I mean, we had like a couple, I think we had a couple pictures of like dust orbs or something like that, but nothing. So me and my daughter, we drove up by ourselves, And then the other guy and his, and the other man, uh, they drove up in their van. So they got all the equipment up, put it in the, in his van and he left. And I told him, I says, you know what? Because we were so tired. It was it was late. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sleep. Because he told me that the guy said that we could have it till like seven o'clock in the morning, you know, the next morning. So I said, well, I think we're going to sleep. And then we'll just get up early and leave before they come. And he said, that's OK. So what we did was that's what we were going to do. So they left. And me and my daughter, we went upstairs and, you know, into one of the, the rooms. So we're in there. We're laying down. And all of a sudden, we hear a noise downstairs. And I'm thinking, because we knew this place was empty. And we knew that that door was locked, because we checked before we went up there. And um, so, so we're, you know, we're laying there, we hear noises. And we're like, at this point, we're like, oh, my God, is somebody breaking in? You know, because 
you know, we're here by ourselves. I mean, we felt super vulnerable, vulnerable, you know, and next thing you know, we hear, we hear the noises and then we hear footsteps coming up the stairs. Oh my gosh. We were so scared laying there. Cause we're like, what are we going to do? You know, there's nobody here, you know, to protect us if something were to happen. And these, these footsteps kept coming up the stairs and it sounded as if it stopped right there in front of the room. And we were like, Oh my God, here we go. We're going to get shot. Something's going to happen. You know? Oh my gosh. And we were like, you know, trying to peek to see who it was. Cause it was dark. And we tried to peek to see what we didn't see nobody over there, you know? And uh, cause we would have seen by the shadow, you know, through the door. Cause the light, you know, like the street light outside or whatnot. And, we didn't see nobody there. And right after all that, we waited about maybe five minutes and we were like, okay, we don't hear no more noises. And we got up and we, you know, went and we started walking around, looking around. And, um, you know, actually, I think we kind of looked around after uh, the first noises we heard too. But anyway, I can't remember all. I'm sorry, but, but anyway, so we went out looking around, there was nobody there. And we were like, that was um, that was something that was paranormal, you know, and I'm like, man, if we could have had the cameras up and the noises, you know, recorded at the same time to verify and show there was noise, you know, the sound of footsteps going up the stairs, but yet there was nobody going up the stairs, you know, that would have been evidence, but it's almost like these spirits, uh, they give you, it's almost like they throw out bait, you know, when you first get into it, it's like, they give you the evidence. They let you, you know, they appear to you. They do manifest in whatever ways, but it's almost like they let you get the evidence to lure you in. And then once you get into it and you really start investing, I mean, we were getting all kinds of equipment. You know, we were traveling. We were, you know, doing, it was costing a lot of money. And then they start doing that. It's like you couldn't get the evidence, you know, and, and it was it was it, it, it was just so aggravating, you know, but it was almost to me, it's almost like they do that on purpose. You know, they were in it and it is very disappointing when it happens, uh, you know, and any investigator would would say the same thing, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, it really makes me think about like when you're at the casino, it's like your first time gambling, all of a sudden, you, you know, you make it big that first time and then you go back and you're never able to replicate that first time winning and and you just keep on hoping, oh, this is going to be the time, this is going to be the time and it never happens. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I just really appreciated that. And I also wanted to say um, there's a there's a couple of things that make me think about like my time when I was investigating the paranormal and, and, and you know, quote, ghosts. A lot of times people would say that there was a there was kind of a trickster element to these things. It, they they would uh, kind of like you were saying, give you some bait and kind of make you think that there there was some pattern here that that you could uh, you could follow up on to to try to get these things to kind of come come under control, so to speak. And all of a sudden, as soon as you think you haven't figured out, then you can no longer get the evidence or what you thought was was uh, for sure a, a, a ghost, a, a haunting. All of a sudden, you can't you know you can't get anything to to, to replicate as as it once was. So it really highlights even what goes on in many of the you know many people that don't necessarily believe that uh, this is demonic like we do. A lot of people do in the paranormal community still give credence to the fact that there's a trickster element here and there seems to be an intelligence here and trying to kind of just give it just enough, give the investigator just enough uh, to, to keep them engaged and all of a sudden just kind of disappear. So uh, that, that that's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Another thing uh, I, I wanted to ask is how then um, did you notice how your, or can you recall how your uh, beliefs then in God and, and Christianity were overlapping at the time with your, with your investigations or was it just, was it something that you were able to kind of put, put together in, in, uh, you just kind of you were doing one of one on one day and one on the other day, or how how did you reconcile those two uh, actions and beliefs? Uh, yes, they were definitely overlapping um, because I got to believing in well, earthbound spirits was the big one, really. But uh, believing that spirits are here, you know, after they they pass away, and um, well, see, my biggest thing was that. I went to church and everything, but I was not reading my Bible. I did not know what the Bible said. And I did not know that every word of it is true. And you can really 
you know, bet your life on that. <laughs> but anyway, I started believing in like reincarnation. Uh, actually, I would have so many things happen. It was almost like they, I actually, my nickname was Deja, like Deja Vu, <laughs> because it was just so many weird things. You know, I would, I would like dream of, of uh, being somewhere or, or, you know, and then literally I would go in a place that looked just like that, you know, or I would, I would, you know, think about somebody and then I go in a store and there they are. Somebody I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, whenever I went to North Carolina where my fam, my husband's family lived and I went there, it was, I can't even explain how much it, I felt like I lived there before in the past. And I, I mean, I, I even, the people look so familiar the place look places look so familiar. So I started believing in reincarnation, you know, and I also started believing in doing some like Wiccan practices and, you know, like burning sage, you know, and, and doing, you know, different kind of spiritual cleansing techniques like they do, you know, and things like that. But none of the stuff would work, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, which we're going to touch on that. But, but yeah, yeah, I, it, they definitely started overlapping. And I want to say that, in the paranormal community, there is, that's the, one of the big things there is syncretism. People believe in so many different, it, it's like they borrow bits and pieces from different religions. I mean, there would be somebody there waking and say, leave in the name of Jesus when they got scared, <laughs> you know, but right. they were not a Christian, you know? So, I mean, it was just like that. Everybody would just mix up the different religions, you know? And that that's that was really really odd that 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 that's the way it happens. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. And uh, I had never really heard it put exactly as as you did because I know that the synchronicities a lot of times they're really over, overlapped in the paranormal community. But it's almost like your experiences there with with the ghost investigating caused a doorway to kind of open up in your mind to make it seem like these these things were happening more likely happening than what you thought before it was almost like it was shifting the way that you were thinking and perceiving things that's a, and that's a really interesting way to put it i i never heard it exa put it exactly like that um it, th these experiences then uh from what i understand kind of culminate then in a, re in a really traumatic event that really shifted your uh understanding of what maybe was going on here can you can you kind of talk about yeah. that uh, that, yeah. that big event with as it relates to that little girl spirit? Yes, um, there was an investigation that we went to, uh, but what happened was the man that lives in the house. So when I say man, he was probably about like nineteen years old. He was a young man, but he he was always at this house with the girl. They were like best friends, and. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he lived there. If not, they were like best friends. He was always there. But he was getting thrown, you know, like thrown up against the wall and thrown up against the refrigerator. You know, I heard that one, too. But he was get, this entity was was violent with him. And so one time when it threw him, uh, it hurt his back. So he went to the hospital. And when he went to the hospital, the doctor you know, when he told the doctor what happened, the doctor sent him to Circles of Care, which here in, in Florida, it's a place that uh, it's a mental, a mental uh, institution. And uh, so anyway, it was for observation and evaluation. So while he was there and uh, he had told the nurse there what happened, well, the nurse actually was also uh, into the paranormal. Well, she believed him. So she went ahead and she contacted a friend of mine, which was also that this other lady had her own group also. So she called and she asked if we could take the case because she had so many cases. She didn't have time to, to do this one, too. And so I said, oh, sure. You know, especially knowing that it was a uh, physical attacks. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of investigators like to get those cases. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, they feel like it's more paranormal activity is going to happen and all this. So we like to get the more severe cases. So we, we, the man got out of the circles of care the next week. So we had set it up to go that next week. Well, when we, when we went there, uh, a lot of the EVPs we got was nasty EVPs. Um, you, actually that happened at the pre 
preliminary investigation. We went there just to ask questions before um, this, before we went there for the the uh, the the big investigation. So anyway, we got a lot of nasty EVPs and stuff. So we were a little bit worried, you know, like oh boy, what's going to happen, you know? So uh, actually, one of the uh, members went to uh, a Catholic church and talked to the priest there and asked, you know, well, what should we do to make sure that we're safe and all this? Well, he gave her a bottle of holy water, you know, so uh, so anyway, we took that with us too. And of course, I had my little my little uh, spiritual clean cleaning um, uh, case and it had sage in it and rosary, rosary beads, um, all this. And I'm not even Catholic, but, you, you know, that's how it worked. So. Anyway, I took all these things with us. And so when we first got there, we're walking around and we're we're putting this water and we're over the doors and praying over the doors and everything. And and so actually one of my investigators on my team came up to me and he's like, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I just want to make sure that we're safe and maybe, you know, we'll get rid of it. And he was saying, why are you doing that? We want something to happen first. You know, we want to get evidence. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, these people's having a problem here, you know, and they want to get rid of it. But anyway, that's how it is, you know, that's how a lot of investigators are, you know. It's all about the evidence. But so anyway, while we were there, we got a little bit of a couple a little thing, a little bit of things happening. We were asking questions. We were using dowsin rods, by the way. Um, dowsin rods are these uh copper uh, uh little things that they're they're little wands, they're shaped like an L. And they're what people used to use for what what they call water witching. And they would go around, we would go around with them, and they had they would have a little uh, loose little cylinder around the the handle of them, so that way they could swing freely. You know, when we'd ask questions, so we would say, um, "What is what?" First, we would establish what is what is your yes, and then it would either wise open up or close. So if it opened up, then we'd say, what is your no? And then it would close. So, you know, we would we would uh, find out, you know, that before we start asking questions. So we would ask questions and, and uh, next thing you know, the door would open, you know, and, and then next thing you know, it, it would start to close. And, you know, so we were getting a little bit of activity. So it got to where it was getting late and the guy came there. Actually, what he did was, he left because, you know, the family was trying to give us the house for the night uh, up until probably around three o'clock is what we told them and um, let us, you know, have a run of the house. So they, a couple of them went off. Well, there was a couple that stayed there. It was his grand, the, the girl's grandmother and mother. They were sitting on the porch watching the monitor systems, you know, of the cameras that we had set up. And so he came, he finally come back and he asked me, he says, what's going on? And we told him. And he says, well, why don't you let me go in there with you? Because whatever it is, it doesn't like me. You know, maybe it'll react if I'm in there. And we were like, oh, man, you're going to get, you know, what if it throws you or does something, you know? And he was like, no, it's okay. You know, I'm here all the time, you know? So we're like, well, he is. He's always here. So what's it, what's it, what's it, what's it matter, you know? So we let him go in there with us. And, and uh, my daughter and me was sitting on the bed. And so I had the handheld uh, camcorder and my daughter was like right behind me. So uh, the other investigator that was going to use the dowsing rods, he was sitting across from me. And then the man was standing next to him facing, facing me and him, you know, kind of watching what the dowsing rods did and all this. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So he started asking the questions and he was asking it like uh, he was trying to provoke it. And he was like, uh, you know, do you like I'll just say Dawn because I don't want to use a real name. And uh, do you like Dawn? And it, and it said no. <laughs> and then he says, uh, are you afraid of Dawn? And it said no. And so he finally asked the, the last question. It was it was it was like he was really provoking it. And he says, so why don't you come out so I can kick your and next thing you know, this dowsing rod come back like really swift, you know, and then we could hear like a little bit of uh, and, and I didn't hear it to my naked ear, you know, uh, while it happened. It was actually on the recorder that I heard it afterwards. But there was a light little growl. And next thing you know, I mean, Dawn just went 
<laughs> I mean, it happened so fast and so hard. You know, we we thought honestly that something hit the outside of the house, like a car or, or a plane. <laughs> I mean, it, it was that loud. It was so loud, you know. Wow. And um, so this guy, he what happened was he was facing this way. And next thing you know, when we turned the light on to see what happened, because it was dark and, you know, we were kind of, I was looking through the infrared camera and with the infrared, you could see, you know, at nighttime. So I could see the, uh, the one doing the dowsing rods. And then I barely could see the, you know, something move next to him when it happened. So I turned the light on and there he is. He's turned around all the way around and he's laying up against the wall like this. And the, there was a file cabinet right between him and the wall. The file cabinet had a big dent in it. And um, so he was laying there. And next thing you know, he starts crying. Now, this is a big guy. He seemed like somebody that would be prideful. And not, you know what I mean? Not sure. showing his feelings in front of people or anything. But he started crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and so, you know, we were talking to him. And, and finally, we got him up. And once we got him up, he started cussing and he was like, where are you at? You know, come out now. I mean, he was he was fed up. You know, this thing, it it was hurting him. I mean, it was attacking him. And so they took him, you know, and tried to get him outside. Well, to back up just a little bit after he got thrown, we were yelling out the door at the people that was on the porch to come in because we didn't know we thought we was going to need help. We didn't know if we was going to need an ambulance or what, but they came in. Well, it took a few seconds, it took a few minutes for them to come in. And when they finally, when they come in there, what happened was they told us that the grandmother had just got thrown off the porch. So wow. not only did it throw him, but it threw the grandmother off the front porch. So this was supposedly the spirit of a little girl. Uh, because when we came there to do the preliminary investigation and we, you know, was asking questions and everything, the young lady that lived there, now I think she was probably around 16, 17 years old. Uh, she, all of a sudden, she was going into trances is what she would do, uh, which actually looking back at it all, that was probably what was inviting something in. But she was doing these trances and stuff. And all of a sudden she would act like a young girl that was being abused by her father. And she ran into the closet and she was like, sitting there and she was acting like he was doing stuff to her and, and, you know, and all this. So she would tell us it's, it's Amanda. I think that was the name of it, that the spirit's name is Amanda. She's only, I forget how old, maybe five or something like that. She told us uh, years old and, you know, she was killed here and by her father and all this stuff. So, we believed that it was the spirit of the little girl, but after it was thrown, it made me think, because there's one thing that the paranormal community does agree upon, most of them, is that sometimes demonic spirits will pretend to be the spirit of a little girl or somebody vulnerable that you would have pity on. You know what I mean? Like maybe a woman that was trying to get away from her husband or some, an evil man in the house was keeping her there and she couldn't leave, she was trapped, you know, stuff like that. So we thought, I was thinking to myself, you know, what if, you know, how do we know that if sometimes that's the case, how do we know that's not always the case? You know, because the Bible does say, you know, I, I'm saying that now. Back then, I didn't really know the Bible. But, how, you know, the Bible does say that Satan is the father of lies. You know, think about when people now think about this. Say somebody, a person is going to go rob a bank. They're going to they're going to scope that bank out. They're going to watch it. They're going to maybe get someone else to help them. They're going to watch where the cameras are. They're going to, you know, get their stuff that they need to get into the safes. They're going to, you know, they plan it out. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's all, it's a scheme, you know? So think about what the enemy can do. You know, if we can scheme and, you know, manipulate and do things, you know, think about what they can do. 
you know, they're going to, they're not going to like investigators will go into a place and they'll say, now I literally had an invest, uh, saw, not me, but saw a investigator on TV on one of those shows say, uh, well, when it knocks, it's knocking lightly. So since it's knocking lightly, it means it's not a bad spirit. If it was a bad spirit, it would knock hard. You see what I mean? And it's like, yeah. They only get the only evidence they get is what the demonic or the spirit tells them or how it, uh, you know, like, say, if someone was murdered in a house and they were killed by a certain table, it would be like the it would be over there and doing things. They they know what happened there, you know, and they can make up all this stuff. You know, they can manifest however they want to to deceive you. You know, they're not going to sit there and that'd be like them coming out and telling you, yeah, it's me. You know, they're not going to do that. They're going to deceive us, you know, and that's exactly what was going on. And then. I I don't know if you want me to bring this up now, but uh, then I started looking into the Bible, you know, because my brother and my mom, you know, a couple of my family members were telling me, Dana, these spirits you're talking to are not. They're not ghosts. They're demons. Because the Bible says that we're no longer here after we die. And I kept thinking, no, you know. Well, my brother one time, he come up with that verse from Deuteronomy that said, you know, let nobody be found among you that is, uh, you know, using divination, that's communicating with evil uh, familiar spirits and all these things. So I was, you know, when I seen that, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, that's not really what I'm doing. That's what they used to do in the old days. They re- would literally call up spirits and it wasn't the same thing I'm doing. I mean, it's, it's such denial, you know, it was such denial because looking back at it now, I'm like, it was black and white. I just, I, I refused to see it because I was having fun. There was a thrilling factor to it all, you know, and that thrilling factor is almost like that gets to be addicting. It really does. Um, just like when someone drinks or, you know, uses drugs or whatever, it actually has the same kind of effect. It releases dopamine in your brain, you know? So now I can see why it was so addicting. I mean, I was always looking for that, the next equipment, the new equipment that people are using, or, I mean, on Fridays, I'm going to the store making sure I have enough, flashlights for the weekend, batteries for all my stuff, you know, I mean, now that's all I would think of, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's addicting. It really is. Well, that is it for part one of two, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I wanted to give everybody the opportunity to find out where you can find Dana online and she has a blog and a YouTube channel. Um, you can go to her blog. It's called spiritualrealities.org. And her her YouTube site, Spiritual Realities with Dana Emanuel, and uh, find her at both of those places. Uh, both are great resources that expose the paranormal for what they are. If you had any, uh, if you got anything from today's episode, um, you're going to love the resources that she has. Both informational resources and testimonies, both at her blog and at her YouTube channel. Um, she was also kind enough to provide her Facebook. So it's just on, on Facebook, Dana Emanuel, uh, or you can just type in facebook.com slash exposing the enemy. All this will be below in the description, both on YouTube and the podcast apps. If you could share this with one person, I would really appreciate that. And that does a lot to help us out. And a reminder too, if you could please subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us on your podcast app or on YouTube, that also does a lot to help get the word out about the podcast. It could help somebody find the show that you've been enjoying uh, for the last few weeks. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, also, if you could rate uh, and review us at uh, whatever podcast app that you're listening to us on, that also does a lot as well. So thank you so much for doing those things, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, also, just a reminder to send your testimony to me at spiritanswerspodcast@gmail.com. That testimony can be a miraculous encounter, a healing, new age to Jesus testimony. Um, you can kind of take a look back now and see some of the different testimonies that we've had on the show and kind of get an understanding of what kind of we do here. And, and if you have anything like that, please feel free to send your testimony in. We have an 
option for audio only as well if you don't want to be on video. Uh, reminder too uh, that we have a Facebook group. You can join us there. And uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, there is an option to donate to the podcast below as well, wherever you're listening to this. That is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, I will be praying for you and I look forward to seeing you next week in part two. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.